chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast, Emergency Edition. The Oregon Ducks have landed a, another verbal commitment of the 2021 recruiting class. Four-star offensive tackle Kingsley Suamataia out of Orem High School in Utah has committed to the Oregon Ducks. Six foot five, 280 pound prospect, all American and Polynesian Bowl player. He's, he's expected to play in both those all star games. He is one of the greatest players at the offensive line position from a recruiting standpoint, at least, to commit to the Oregon Ducks. We'll have more on that here in a second, Eric. But it's been a while since we've had to do a verbal commitment emergency podcast here on the Odds and Audibles podcast. The Ducks now currently uh, hold for the 2021 recruiting class 19 verbal commitments with Kingsley's verbal. He becomes the second highest rated, third highest rated, excuse me, third highest rated player to commit to the Ducks. Oregon is first in the Pac-12 with their 19 verbal commitments and they are in position now to really have a chance at going after the number one class in the country if a couple things fall their way. Their score with, with Kingsley in the fold now, 271.67. That jumps past Clemson, and that jumps just past LSU for the third best class in the country. Uh, they are literally – about 18 tenths of a point ahead of LSU. Uh, Alabama is number one at 302.99. Ohio State's just behind them at number two with 302.20. And now with Kingsley in the fold for the Ducks, they have 271.67 points. So pretty good distinction between uh, two and one and three. But Oregon is right in, you know, right above LSU who has two, seven, 271.2. 51 points, Clemson 266.33. Uh, Oregon has been a big jump now, third best class in school, uh, third best class in the country. And Kingsley, the Ducks have landed his commitment by a group, you know, over a group of schools that included Arkansas, BYU, USC, Utah, Utah State, and Virginia. Uh, he released that list in late July, had the, the hopes of making some official visits to other schools. Uh, across the country as he was trying to see, you know, get a true feel for, for his recruitment. But the recruiting dead period has continued to be pushed back. The Oregon Ducks have always been considered the favorite. They had nine crystal balls, uh, and it's been that way for, for half a year or so. Uh, so even before his decision to m- move up the commitment, um, Oregon was viewed in a very positive manner in which they were viewed as the top prospect – for his verbal commitment. Big, big commitment for the Ducks. Uh, they are third in the country. And as you will now tell us, Eric, historically, this is one of the best commits in program history. It's the best offensive line recruit, period. 
uh, or Oregon has ever landed. And of course, his uh, his ranking is subject to change based upon future rankings. This isn't like set in stone quite yet. But if, if his current ranking um, stands, he becomes the highest rated offensive line recruit to ever pick Oregon over Penne Sewell. Um, and it's pretty they're almost identical rankings uh, between the two. But uh, Sewell at 0.9709, Samatia at 0.9716, both from the state of Utah. Um, huge get. I mean, I don't know what else to say in terms of just when we'll get to part of what makes him so exciting in a minute here. But this is a recruit Oregon fans have been expecting for a very long time to pick Oregon. Um, as Matt said before, they've been the front runners based upon these relationships with the Sewell family. You know, the relationship Cristobal's already made down there in the past in that state. It was just kind of a matter of time. Now it comes to fruition and you have to be really excited. And just one follow-up to Matt talking about the team rankings. Um, Oregon now very, very close to surpassing the 2019 high score of 277.98. So just about six to seven points beneath that. Um, basically the next four, four-star, high four-star rated recruit that they land a commitment from, they will have uh, their highest rated individual team recruiting class in program history, surpassing that 2019 class, um, obviously headlined by Kayvon Thibodeau. So a little bit more on the history there. Uh, I was kind of surprised. It was interesting looking through this, despite being the highest rated offensive line recruit, he's only the third highest rated player from the state of Utah. Oregon's done really, really well in that state historically. Um, obviously Noah Sewell on last year's cycle. Um, and then the third overall highest rated recruit in program history is Haloti Nata um, from Utah back in 2002. So uh, extremely exciting from a historical perspective. A lot of things that stand out with this commitment, not only the highest rated recruit, the third highest in the state of Utah, but again, setting Oregon up to, to land the highest rated class in school history. And just to put this into comparison, I think you, you said it right there though, but he's higher. He's a higher rated recruit than Penny Sewell who just left the program. So yep. Uh, Oregon is, you know, like you said, they've done a really good job lately in Utah. And this is a guy where, you know, the expectations were high for Penny Sewell when he showed up as a true freshman. I don't know if anyone was really expecting him day one to, you know, be the best offensive lineman of the entire unit uh, as a true freshman, considering who was on that team. No, yeah. But he became that, you know, the, the idea was this was going to be someone who played and probably started as a true freshman and Kingsley Suamatia is a higher rated player than Penne Sewell was coming out of high school. So you don't want to put too much lofty expectations on Kingsley prior to him even you know, signing his letter of intent with Oregon, um, let alone enrolling at Oregon. But nonetheless, things are expected to be very good from Kingsley Suamatia once he lands in Eugene and his impact at Oregon will probably be felt immediately along that offensive line. Um, looking at exactly how that impact plays out, Eric, what do you see on film when, when you watch Kingsley? Oh, he's just, he's just, I think the first thing that stands out is, is he's, he doesn't end until the whistle and he even plays through the whistle. I, I think he is a finisher. He's a competitor. He's aggressive. He's physical. He's he shows great toughness. Um, I think a lot of the things you see in San Penne Sewell are, are similar here. Um, he's a little bit more slight of build than where uh, Penne was coming out of high school. Uh, Penne listed at 349 pounds, 
Kings is listed about 280 pounds. So there's, there's a decent amount of weight difference there. But in terms of just their style of play, I think there are similarities, both very athletic, very strong, technically sound. Um, I think Kingsley might be even, I don't want to say more athletic, but he, he's, very, he's very athletic and very agile at, at that left tackle spot. I think probably needs a little bit of weight to be put on his frame. Although, you know, the Polynesian family, that's typically not a problem. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in weighing a little bit higher than where they're listing him right now. But he, he really pops on film and he's very consistent. Um, and like I said, frequently wins the battles at the line of scrimmage. And when he, but when he needs to get up field and there's a play on his tape where you see him run down a, a defensive back after an interception and he probably runs 50 to 60 yards with the defensive back and, and maintains stride with him, uh, he's just a great athlete for his size. So a lot to be excited about. Um, I'll be curious to see what the physical developments look like. Um, where, is he, where is he at when he arrives at Oregon? And that might sort of impact his ability to start or play right away with the Ducks. But certainly I don't think there's anything – from my perspective, in his way from, from trying to hold on to some sort of early, early impact at Oregon. I think that seems very likely, actually. Now, one, one of the questions becomes, how does this factor into the offensive line? What's, what's kind of – we always know Penny Sewell is gone, but what's kind of the, the makeup? What's the depth? What's the talent like uh, along the offensive line that Kingsley will be walking into when he enrolls? Well, there's a lot of opportunity, especially at tackle right now, with, with Penny off the roster. And, and frankly, Penny wasn't probably going to play with Kingsley um, in 2021. I don't think that was likely. But if we're talking about Kingsley as a 2021 arrival, um, he, I think he's got a lot of opportunity to play right away. Um, George Moore will be gone. He's an offensive tackle. The only tackles that will be returning on the roster that are scholarship players will be Stephen Jones and, and Jonah. Um, and I think Jones is probably locked into a starting spot more than likely. And I think Jonah maybe as well, but, but I think he'll have an opportunity to come in and contend. I mean, there really aren't outside of those two guys that many tackles to be that excited about. Um, a lot of them are younger players. A lot of them are players that are kind of cross training between guard and tackle. So I think as a pure tackle prospect, I think Kingsley has a chance to come in and really challenge for a starting spot. And we should know, and I wrote this when Penn a made the decision on Monday, um, Oregon's only had one player since 1997 start uh, on the offensive line to open up a season as a true freshman, and that was Penny Sewell. So uh, if Kingsley's able to follow up with that um, and, and start his Oregon career as a starter, whether it be at left or right tackle, um, that would put him in some rarefied air and would certainly point to a, a career that you don't want to say he's going to become Penny Sewell, but where you could see that sort of development maybe taking place. You know, you don't often see true freshmen start on the offensive line in Oregon. It'll be interesting to see kind of how Kingsley factors into it. Can he enroll in time to be, to be a factor for a winter season? Will he be here for if there's a, a spring practice period? Will, will he be here for that as well? Right. And can he be ready for um, – and keep in mind, any season that, that Oregon does play, in, whether it's uh, the December season or a January or a season that starts in February, whatever, whenever they start playing – this year does not impact their eligibility clocks. So, will you know all those players on the roster will be their their current, I guess, year or, or eligibility you know standing, but at the same time, one year older, one year more experienced, one year stronger, one year bigger, one year faster, whatever. And can does how does that impact 
the possibility of Kingsley walking into uh, a position group in which maybe he could play right away, maybe even start. Um, I don't think, Eric, uh, it's out of the realm of expectation to think that if Kingsley gets here in time, he could be Oregon's starting right tackle. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. Um, I, I think he's extremely talented. And like I said a second ago, there's really not that much proven depth at tackle at Oregon. And with his talent, I'm in agreement. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that whenever he arrives, whether it be in time for a winter or a spring 2020 season or if it's in the fall of 21, that you could be looking at somebody that could be starting or competing to start just immediately um, based upon his talent. And then again, also based upon what the depth chart looks like at tackle right now. Now, what's next for the Oregon offensive line from a recruiting perspective? Um, it, it's pretty much done. Oregon, Oregon is, is, is pretty much done with their recruiting along the offensive line. Kingsley is their top target. He has been their top target along the offensive line for over a year now. They've also landed Bram Walden, who is not that, that far behind from a rankings perspective when you look at Kingsley to, to Walden, Walden is ranked as the 89th best player in the country, regardless of position. Kingsley, he is rated as the 72nd best player in the country. Uh, so very, very similar players. Uh, I, I guess 70, you know, 59 overall composite. Bram Walden overall composite 89, so about 30 spots there. So, you know, offensive tackle-wise, Kingsley – is rated as the 10th best offensive tackle in the country. Bram Walden is ranked as the 14th. So very, very similar players uh, and skill set. You've now added the two, you know, two of the top tackles out West. One of them is Kingsley is the top target. You also have Jonah Miller, who's a four-star offensive lineman tackle, but also can play guard. You also have Jackson Light, who's a four-star center. Uh, there's, there's not a lot left for Oregon to fill. There's no real immediate need that's left to fill for Oregon along the offensive line in the 2021 recruiting class. There are a few guys out there that they're recruiting, but it's basically right now Bryce Foster or bust for the Ducks. Bryce Foster is a four-star top uh, 150, 100 player. That's offensive lineman out of Katy, Texas, Texas, Texas A&M, Oregon, and I believe uh, an SEC, another SEC school. The name is escaping me. Uh, uh, Oklahoma, excuse me, not even an SEC school, Big 12 school. They are also in the picture. Big, and actually, Oklahoma is kind of the, the favorite right now for Bryce Foster. Um, but nonetheless, that's kind of Oregon's lone target left for the offensive line. They'll keep their, their irons warm with a couple other guys in case a decommitment happens or maybe a guy elevates his play to the point where it's, it's a must-take. But with so little room left along Oregon's offensive line – uh, entire class, excuse me. And the fact that Oregon's now got four offensive linemen committed, uh, every player that could come back next year, whether, you know, whether he's a freshman or a junior can, and also seniors are also eligible to come back for another year. It really kind of hampers and it makes it difficult to justify going out and adding a fifth lineman, uh, unless it's really a must take guy like Bryce Foster. So, for the most part, Eric, this class is done now for the offensive line. And, and they went out and got the 
you know, the best and brightest really from the West Coast. And we don't have to spend too much time. I think those listening are familiar and you've already run through Bram Walden, but you know, it's just four really big time offensive line recruits, all four are four star recruits. Um, you know, Jonah Miller and Jackson Light probably get overlooked a little bit because they're two of Oregon's lowest rated four star recruits amongst like almost a dozen of them now. Um, but these are really big time prospects as well. And I think there's a ton of reason for optimism on the offensive line. We talk about some of the depth concerns that might be on the roster in some regards right now, at least from an experience perspective. I think the talent is there. It's just a lot of it's basically all unproven. No starters now back. But this is a position group that going forward, this class is going to go a long way in determining um, Oregon's success at the line of scrimmage the next couple of years. I mean, this 2021 cycle, if these guys all pan out, Oregon could be – really, really awesome again. I think they're going to be um, down the line here. And if they don't pan out, I still think there's enough talent on the roster to be really, really good. And, and my expectations are, are probably a little bit skewed just because what we've seen at Oregon under Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal, um, offensive line development has been tremendous. So not only are you seeing these top-rated prospects pick Oregon on the offensive line, um, they're entering a situation where I think they're just going to get better and better, which is why you see a guy like Penny Sewell able to leave after – two years of college um, and be a top two or three draft pick in the NFL. Now who commits next for Oregon? There's a couple guys that are, are, that you're really tracking. I think the one that makes the most sense right now, who could be close um, is Jeffrey Bossa, a three-star athlete from Kearns high school in Salt Lake city, Utah. So another guy from the state of Utah Six foot three, two hundred pounds. He's the hundred and fourth best safety player, hundred uh, fourth best prospect at the safety position, the ninth best player in the state of Utah. Arizona State, Baylor, Louisville, Oklahoma State, Oregon, uh, Utah, you know, are all involved in, in his recruitment. Kind of, you know, the, the last guy standing, if you will. That would be one guy I would look at. You know, who could make a decision sooner than later. Someone who's close, you know, who's very high on Oregon, and it would be a shock that he doesn't commit to the Ducks. Or, it, yeah, it, but he's probably not going to. A verbal commitment from Dante Thornton, a four star receiver, won't happen, at least as of now, until December, January time period. But he's another one that could be really close to giving a verbal commitment. And Oregon Eric is in a weird position where, you know, there aren't a lot of guys left that they're recruiting for 2021. And thus you could, we could, we could wait weeks. We could wait months really until the next verbal commitment because everyone else for the most part that's out there, that's considering Oregon that Oregon would take every one of them could it's on their time. And, and when they want to make their decision and, and any school out there would take their verbal commitment for the most part. All right. So that's going to get this done here on the odds and audibles podcast. Thank you for listening to this emergency edition. When every commit happens, we break it down real quick on the podcast. You can go for more coverage on duckterritory.com for this Kingsley Sua Matia verbal commitment on duckterritory.com. Make sure to subscribe, take advantage of the two for one promo right now. Two months for the price of two months for one dollar. Wow, I can't get this out right now. Two two dollars for one one dollar. Uh gets you everything you need to know about Oregon football, Oregon football recruiting, and everything else in between. So for Eric Scope and myself, Matt Prem, you've been listening to an emergency podcast edition of the Odds and Audibles. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later, folks. 
Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.